Join me weekly as we discuss life as a makeup artist, business, beauty tips, and share dialogue with the top professionals in our industry. Collectively, we'll unpack the highs and lows, laugh, and grow together. And I'm your host, Brittany Rogers. I'm a freelance TV, film, and beauty editorial makeup artist. This is your official backstage pass because I'm taking you behind the scenes of the beauty industry. Welcome to BTS with Brit. The level of excitement that I am holding back right now because I don't want to scream in your ears. Listen, we are back and in full effect, it is BTS with Brit season three. Omatic, make some noise in the background, okay? Drop a little because we're back. And I know it's been a minute. Listen, life was just out here. Life in set was just out here setting. And the podcast was just, but here we are back like we never left. I really missed you guys. And I appreciate you guys just sticking with me, keeping up with me, sending me DMs, letting me know what you wanted to hear on this season. Listen, I was at work recently and there was a PA on set. I didn't even know that she listened to the podcast and she was just breaking down the episodes and telling me what she wanted to hear and what she liked. And it just really warmed my heart and it gave me the motivation like, okay, girl, we have to step back from everything else so we can give the people what they want. So here we are. And I'm so excited for you guys to experience the guests that we have this season. We're going to cover everything. We're talking about union, uh, getting represented from an agency, assisting, all from people who are currently working and killing it. So like I said, I can't wait for you all to experience the gift of my friends who are in the beauty industry. So today we are going to talk about what I wish I knew before joining the beauty industry because nobody really breaks down the things and the things that really goes on. You know, it's just like you pull up on set or you pull up on an artist, you see them looking all fabulous, they're big kids and they're all black, and you think, oh, that's going to be me right now. Wrong. There were so many things that I wish I knew and I wish I could just go back and change, but you know what? Sometimes you just have to go through the struggle in order to level up. So here we are talking about what I wish I knew. So you know what I'm going to say? Grab your notebooks, grab your pens, grab your edges because we're going in. I'm dropping gems. The first thing that I wish I knew was that you do not make money in the beginning of your career. Listen, I'm going to be very transparent and it's going to sound foolish, but I thought once you finish makeup school, since I was talented, you know, I knew what I was doing. I was like advanced in cosmetology school that I was going to graduate and the money was just start rolling in and boy was I wrong and the reason why I thought this was the makeup artists that I was exposed to they never shared their beginning stage so I saw them out here and they're all black they get a money they cute and I just thought like okay this is how things are from the jump But what nobody tells you is it takes time to build a solid client base and connections that will sustain your career. The beginning of your career can be rather slow, 
But that slow season is actually a blessing in disguise because you get the opportunity to practice, to assess, and to just discover who you are as an artist and what is your style. If you don't know what I mean by who you are as an artist and what is your style, I mean discovering your niche and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. And if you want to know more about discovering your niche, we have a great episode called Know Thy Niche, which is season one, episode one. It's actually still my favorite episode and the most played episode on BTS with Brit to this day. The second thing that I wish that I knew was you don't have to know every style of makeup. I strongly used to believe that being a makeup artist meant that you had to know everything. I'm talking bridal, special effects, glam, you know, the high glam, cut crease, glitter, clean beauty, you name it, I was learning it. And again, the artists that I was exposed to never talked about knowing your niche or specializing in a few areas of the industry. So years into my makeup journey, here I am taking certain requests and gigs because I felt like I was supposed to know how to do any job that was thrown my way. Now, the good thing about trying everything was that it became like a process of elimination, showing me what I liked and what I didn't like. Now, quick disclaimer, I wasn't just taking anything. So let me give you an example. If somebody reached out to me and said, hey, I need you to do a special effects job. Now, if it was like a black eye, um, a gun wound, uh, cuts and bruises, I can do that. But I was not out here doing full prosthetics and making a whole new nose and new ears and stuff. No, I wasn't doing all of that. You know, I was I was staying in my lane of small special effects that I knew how to do. But anyway, back to the script. <laughs> the problem with doing everything became that I was becoming burnt out. And I was filling up my book with jobs that were just not ideal to the artist that I was trying to become. I was taking proms, weddings, like I said before, everything, you name it, I was doing it. Knowing that I wanted to focus more on clean beauty and TV and film. So I took like a year off from makeup and I just really put my head down and studied. And one thing that I noticed was the artist that I admired focus on maybe one or two areas of makeup and dominated that category. So that's what I did. The third thing that I wish that I knew is you do not have to follow trends. And this kind of piggybacked off my last point. I, listen, I wish somebody would have told me, do you boo? Okay. Because I was so afraid to become the Britney that you see and know as an artist today, because the style that I was doing wasn't on trend. When I started, everybody was doing high glam, you know, cut crease glitter, full contour. That was very trendy. And I was out here trying to serve a natural glow. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with high glam. That just wasn't what I was into. And I will never forget, I had a client tell me, you're really good, but you're never going to make it out here trying to do this clean beauty. You need to keep up with the trends. So I kept doing trendy looks because, you know, I wanted to be in demand. Another thing is I kept up with trendy products, which kept me broke. I was buying all these eyeshadow palettes that I didn't need just to say I had it and I tried it. And I had like stacks and stacks of palettes and brushes and listen, ran up my little credit card, just buying all of these products and tools and equipment just to say that I had it. And it was things that just really didn't work for me. 
So now I am very cautious about what I buy. I ask myself, is this really going to be necessary for the line of work that I'm in? But that's a whole nother episode. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know how I feel about trends. I always say trendy is a trap. Trust your creativity and be authentic to who you are. So if I can go back and tell myself one thing, like I said, it would be invest in what you need. Do what feels good to you. Buying another palette or more equipment won't make you a better artist if you're not showing up in who you fully are. The last thing I'll say is about trends. I became very unhappy from following the trend because I knew I was doing something just to stay afloat, just to be in demand, and I just wasn't happy. And you guys know you make more money when you are doing what you love. When it doesn't feel like working, you can just fully show up wholehearted and passionate. The money and the clients and the success and whatever else that you're looking for will flow. The fourth thing that I wish that I knew, and I'll keep it short because we talk about this all the time, is assist, assist, assist. In the beginning of my career, things were kind of slow, which is normal. You don't have many clients and you don't have too many personal projects that you're working on yourself. So that is the perfect time to assist. I made the mistake of assisting later in my career once I already had a bookload of clients and my own personal brand. And while things still worked out for me, I felt like I missed out on a lot of opportunities because I had to choose between assisting my artist at the time who was signed to a big agency or taking my clients. And I had to think like, okay, the agency or my brand, the agency or my brand. And it was... It was very hard because there were days where I had to pass up stuff like Estee Lauder or Maybelline and just had to pray on it like, okay, Jesus, I know you'll bring this back around. So if you start to assist early in your career and you get with the right artist, it will pretty much create a roadmap and set the tone for your career. One of my beauty friends slash mentees started assisting an artist during the pandemic and her career took off. Sis just moved to New York. She's working on some fire campaigns. So trust me when I tell you, get out there and assist. And again, I'm not going to elaborate too much on that topic because I know y'all are tired of hearing me talk about this. But trust me when I say that assisting is the most underrated career game changer that you can think of like assisting is it's the way and finally the last thing the fifth thing that I wish I would have known more about is business and when I say business I mean creating a business structure business bank accounts business credit taxes and finances and honestly I feel like this is one of those things that should be mandatory when you're in cosmetology school or any makeup program because I used to think that. When I started freelancing, you know, my money situation was kind of like a nine to five and it, it was so stupid. But again, you have to remember when I started doing makeup, I was 18. I think I finally started freelancing on my own at 23. So in my mind, I would get my little money and then go do what I want with it. I wasn't putting money back into my kit. I was barely getting by like with my taxes and stuff I because I wasn't putting money away and one day my aunt took me to go see 
her friend who owned several salons and barber shops in the DC area. Like he had really nice upscale salons and spas and barber shops. And just sitting with him and having a conversation is what sparked my interest in learning more about business because I told him, yeah, I want to get my own salon suite. And that man questioned me down. He actually mentored me for some time and he was telling me about like business taxes and how to separate your money and why you need a business bank account and everything like that. So that was the best thing that could have happened to me. Cause listen, your girl was just out here raggedy when it came to my business. So those are the five things that I wish I would have known before joining the beauty industry. And hopefully these five little points bless you and help you along your way. Moment of honesty uh, I, I cringe thinking about some of the crazy things that I did, especially when it came to like business and finances. But I'm also super grateful that I went through these experiences because now I can share them with you. One of the reasons why I started BTS with Brit is because when I was coming up in the industry, I felt so alone. Like everybody was afraid to share their struggles. There was not Instagram like what we have now. So nobody really talked about the business or the ups and downs of being a makeup artist. So anytime I would hit a rough patch, I would feel like, man, I want to give up because they out here living. Nobody else going through this, but that's not true. So BTS with Brit is here. So you won't be raggedy like me and you can do better than me because I want all of you to just be the best that you can. So with that being said, let's get into last looks. Last Looks is the segment of the podcast where I share a little mini TED talk with you. I share something personal that I just went through in hopes that it will spark you with a little motivation before we roll out. Or if we have a guest, our guests will do the same thing. If you are not familiar with the term Last Looks, it is a term that we use in production. It means that this is your final chance to step in and touch up the talent before we roll on a take. So before we roll out for today, here is my last look. And my last look for today is don't let the opinions of others redirect your path. And let me break that down for you because I know that might sound a little confusing. So while I was outlining the notes for this podcast, I thought to myself, I wish somebody would have told me to block out the opinions of others. It's crazy because I was kind of doubting whether I should share this on last looks or should I go with another last look. But I was on set yesterday and somebody brought up this topic and I felt like, you know what, that's just the universe telling me to go ahead and share this. So here we are. But I wish somebody, like I said, would have told me to block out the opinions of others. There were so many times where I was told what I should or shouldn't do. When I say should or shouldn't do, I'm throwing up air quotes and it kind of like hit my core and made me question myself and change the path in which I was going. So I'm going to break that down for you a little further. I was once told that I shouldn't start a podcast because it will be a horrible idea. I was once told I shouldn't stop taking everyday women as clients because I would never work again. I was even told to stop teaching classes. And mind you, I taught a whole six-week program at one point. I had beauty one-on-ones. I was doing classes every quarter and I told to stop teaching because I wasn't qualified and what really 
got me with these opinions were these were people who were high up in the industry that I respected. They were successful and I felt like I had to listen to them or my career was over. Mind you, I was super young, very timid. And I, I started to just build up a lot of hate in my heart for the people that were telling me these things because I was watching other people pursue their passions, their careers, their YouTubes, their this, you know, stepping out and doing that. But because I was told that I shouldn't do it by people in the industry who I respected and was kind of like afraid of, I didn't do it. And it wasn't until I had to tell myself, excuse my French, listen, what you eat, don't make me shit. I got to do what I got to do for myself and follow my heart. I know that if God has placed this vision on my heart and it keeps coming back, then ultimately this is what he wants me to do. I can't sit around and wait. And I think I shared this before on like season one, but I was terrified to do the podcast because I didn't want anybody to look at me like, there she goes. She was professional, but now she turned into a little Instagram, a little social media artist. And that's just not the case. The industry is so different now. You can still be a successful and well-respected, well-sought-out artist. You can still be in the union. You can still be working on large sets. You can still have a um, an agent and still have your own personal brand. The industry not like that no more where you can't have your own brand to fall back on. And it's crazy because um, yesterday, my man, (laughs) he showed me the video of T-Pain saying that Usher told him that he was ruining music and he got super depressed all off of what somebody told, told him. If you have your mind and your heart set on maybe opening up a makeup school, doing a podcast, moving to L.A., It is okay if your vision sounds crazy to somebody else. It's not supposed to make sense to somebody else. It's only supposed to make sense to you because God has placed it on your heart. And you guys know what I always say. When you're a trailblazer, there's no template. You don't need to see if somebody else is doing it before you do it first. You don't need anybody to validate you. Validation is for cars, not humans. So go ahead and do your thing. And that is my TED Talk aka my last look (laughs) all right guys that is a wrap on today's episode i hope that you found some gems and some blessings in it (laughs) because listen i was out here it was giving very ghetto but here i am now just because the episode is over doesn't mean that the party is ending you know how you can stay connected with me at underscore Brittany Rogers on Instagram or at BTS with Brit. And if you have a question that you want featured on Last Looks, be sure to slide up in my DM and say, hey girl, listen, this is the situation. I will read it right here on the podcast and answer your question. And I will keep it low key. I will not use your name if it's something just totally to the left that you don't want people to actually know about. I got you girl or guy, whoever it is. In other news, I have something really exciting coming to. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Just make sure that you're locked in with me on Instagram. Make sure that you're listening to the podcast so that you can be the first to know. I've officially named you guys the Backstage Club. Y'all are my crew, and I don't want you to miss it. I want to see everybody in the place, and I feel like I'm spilling too much. But anyway, that's a wrap, guys. And until next time, take care of yourself. Get some rest. Put your mental first, wash your brushes, wear your mask, and sanitize your kit. Love you guys. Bye.